The cave you fear to enter holds the treasure you seek. I live by this. To me, that sometimes the moments in my life that have felt like they are the scariest and they are the darkest have actually been my greatest lessons and I've been able to get in there and pull out the darkness and bring it to light. And really, the only thing I've been afraid of is myself. So I have a question. Can people change? And a lot of the time I get asked, what about depression? What about bipolar? Can those people change? And so that's what today is about. Get ready for realness. I'm real, you're real, we're all real, we're all here together. It's Collective Potential. Raw to the bone, son. Hard to hard if you don't mind. So can people change who are on depression or bipolar? What the hell is this thing that everyone <laughs> keeps talking about? Yeah. You know, it's on everything. One in four people have anxiety and depression. By 2020, anxiety and depression will be the biggest health issue humanity's ever faced. Mental health this, work safe this. Um, don't talk about it. It's such a myth. Everyone's scared. Don't, you know, shh. Mm. It's actually a little bit too much for me. What mm. do you guys think? No, I agree. It's got a stigma about it. It's... Um, it's it's not dealt with in a smart way. I feel like, of course, we're more depressed and anxious than ever, given the f- fucked up state of the world <laughs> and mm. the, the psychological um, trauma that we go through daily um, with just choices and options and pressures and fears and bombardment of ideas and I- ideologies passed on by, you know, like there's a million things that you can worry about if you let yourself. We have such a big giant disconnect from nature and the mm. reality of what it is to be, you know, what a uh, human was 100,000 mm. years ago when becoming humans. It's We're completely disconnected from the world we've grown up in. So I think that definitely links to why our environment is just not facilitated completely to complete mental health in our Western society that's always mm. go, go, go. Mm. So it's like, how do we address that? Yeah. How do we evolve past it? Because it, like you say, it's a big mental, it's a, it's a health problem. I mean, it's an it's a, it's a legit illness, um, and I feel like person like from having gone through it myself, the best way to disarm it and in a, in a you know to more people is just by being completely frank and honest with anyone and everyone about it. Like it's just I got a cold last week. It's it's the same thing. Like once you start, I, th- I think the most powerful yep. powerful thing I found coming through is just. Um, I mean, apart from seeing a psychologist and um, meditating regularly and eating well and exercising and those kind of things, was just mainly just asking, you know, for clear and for like and the other hard thing is you can't really, you can't, even when you're in it, you can't, and people, you know, it's, it's hard, it's, you're stuck. Stuck is an area that I reckon mm. everyone really feels when they're in it. It's, it's hard to not, like, you know, that there's a clearer path, you know, that there's a clearer mindset to be had, but you're, literally wake up and feel sad and don't really know why. Um, I think understanding and educating people and the education I found through my psychologist and the acceptance I come to found of and genuine love of myself and love and, ex- and acceptance that this is as good as it gets right now. Mm. Um, there's nothing better or, or realer than right this moment. So if that's true, not like 99% of my thoughts can dissipate because they're almost guaranteed to be worries I love the uh, Buddhist idea that by naming or noting, they call demons, which is like, you'd say that laziness is a demon, negative thoughts are a demon. By labeling them and bringing them up, they lose their power. 
Right. So it's they're not ruling you subconsciously. You're like, oh, that's just jealousy. Hi. Hi, jealous mind. Yeah. How you doing? Yeah. Are you back? Great. Um, and it just sort of disarms it a little. Did you, because mm. you've meditated, you find that helpful? That's good. Yeah, yeah. More the meditation I landed on. Gold. This is gold. This is gold. No, I just love it because, one, you've got a male talking about depression. And if we look at facts, um, males tend not to speak as much as women. You know, I don't even know the statistics around that. I'm sure, Ryan, you can throw something at that. But I just love that. And I just think it's so healthy we're having this conversation. I just realized how important it was when Ryan started talking about when you speak to it, you disarm it. I'm like, oh. Yes. This is gold. So sorry, I interrupted, that's great. Jez, but no, that's I just good. needed to say, brilliant. <laughs> uh, so suicide for males is actually, it's actually for females as well. It's a leading cause of death in Australia compared that's to anything. Crazy. So and that's crazy. And car the crashes. headlines are about terrorism. Anyway, let, let me not get on that. I was thinking about this the other day. <laughs> oh, I don't know, man. I think it's going to be hard for us not to, to get um, frustrated. Maybe, maybe oh. it's not a preach train. It's actually more just passion that comes yes. through. Like I've, I've been almost needing to just say... This is our views. Let's preface this yeah, com- yeah. whole conversation with this is our views. This is what we believe. This is our experience. Our truth. We are not experts. And in actual fact, we're going to bring one on a little bit later when it feels right. But right now. And, and also the humility. To, I mean, like, I, I know we all, we all were forever growing. So, like, our opinions will change and evolve as they have already. Like, I used to have judgments on depression until I experienced it. So, what like, were your judgments? Um, just that it's selfish. Uh, I grew up Christian, so I'd, um, being self, anything that wasn't for God or other than yourself was sinful. Um, so I didn't really, when I got it, it happened to me. I felt like it was just an accumulation of events that just bombarded me over. The interesting thing about, um, this woman who's coming on she's a good friend of mine and I met her in the circles. I think Melbourne's got one of the best social entrepreneurial well-being posses there are in this country. Some states might question that. She's a mindfulness teacher. She runs meditation classes. Um, But at heart, she is an expert as the world sees it because she studied to be a psychologist and she practices. So, hello, Emily Toner, how are you? Hello. Welcome. Well, good, thanks. <laughs> Thank you so much for spending some time. We're just three humans here having <laughs> awesome. a passionate conversation about can people change? And we know how compl- complicated depression and um, bipolar and mood disorders. Mood disorders. I don't mm-hmm. even, well, I won't even pretend to, um, to say what I, that I know at all. So we were just interested and the boys, you can talk, mm. talk to this. What is this depression Hmm. in your language? (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) good question. Well, um, I guess you throw the word depression around quite a bit um, to the point where, you know, we can often say, oh, I'm depressed or, you know, not feeling so great today. But actually um, in the psychology world, there's a very, very specific, you know, you actually have to qualify for very specific things in order to be classified as experiencing depression or major depression. This is it. Yeah. So, so interestingly enough, everything in psychology is based on something called the DSM-5. So this is a diagnostic statistical manual. Um, See, she is an expert. I told you. (laughs) There you go. And so basically um, the DSM kind of informs a lot of the different labels that you hear, like depression and bipolar and anxiety and all of that. And so in terms of depression, um, 
what you what you actually would need to to be experiencing in order to be categorized as as kind of experiencing depression would be um, a depressed mood, so most of the day, almost every day, um, and this can be indicated by how you're feeling or maybe other people reporting it. Um, and that mood might be characterized by something like sadness or hopelessness, mm-hmm. or even for some people, more of a feeling of emptiness throughout the day. Um, and all these, these things that we need to experience actually over a two-week period. So a lot of us experience this stuff maybe, you know, for a couple of days or maybe one day you have a bad off day. But this is really, we're saying it needs to actually be two, at least two weeks in time. So, so depressed mood. And then there's kind of a few other things. And they've got almost categories. And they say, right, you know, you need to experience at least five of these other things. And these things are things like, you know, um, marked loss of interest in almost all the things you're doing in the day. So you're just not getting the pleasure out of the things that you used to get pleasure out of. Um, Mm -hmm. Another criteria is is either weight loss or maybe weight gain, Um, inability to sleep or actually oversleeping. So you can see there's kind of one coin, one side of the coin or the other. Yeah, isn't it? and then something they call psychomotor agitation, which just means you mm. feel like quite kind of pent up with energy. Or the opposite might be psychomotor retardation, which means you're just really finding it hard to move, to kind of, mm. to yeah, to kind of get yourself get yourself moving. Can I ask um, what you feel personally about that? Is the main opportunity to change or the solution to it? Being like in my personal experience, it's it's um, new behavioural mechanisms that so rewiring your brain. Understanding that my brain has been rewired through these um, after a while, and and how I can switch it again. Like just understanding your brain is just mm. a tool or a, a series of pathways. Is that is what's what's um what's your like? I mean, and then there's the whole question of like medication versus um, mm. meditation. <laughs> or in yeah. mind to like if you're, yeah, I've never you know, heard that. If you have bad friends, you're in a bad environment around people that do drugs. You probably yeah. mm-hmm. is that. There's so many variables, Em, and it's a hard question to ask. Mm. But like, I suppose it's well, particularly because you just asked her six different questions. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I suppose <laughs> from that, the question that we're wondering is like, what? How would you see? What's the best solution f- you, that you would see towards depression across the, the widest variable of people? <laughs> well, it's a big question. It's um, a massive question. I think, yeah, in a way, we're discussing it because we're we're curious. We want mm. to explore it, and we know that there's probably no one evidence-based research mm. um, argues another evidence-based research, and so we're very aware yeah. that um, this is about your experience and what you see Mm. uh, options and solutions. I just was saying something today about this podcast Mm and it's hard and it's core. We just want to be helpful. Yeah. Yeah, You know, we just want to help. We just want to be. We just want to help people. Yeah. And I I don't, I don't even know if in that tone, I just want to help people. I actually just want to be full of joy in the sense of being helpful or being, Hmm. you know, so it does have Hmm. a more, um, I don't know. I'm just rolling with this now, but. Yeah, this is very helpful. Whatever you're about to say to a certain person, this is going to be very helpful. Cool. All right. Well, I guess it depends on how you think about depression. So I I reeled off a whole list of symptoms and things, and that's how, you know, you classify someone who's experiencing a major depression. You know, and there was a few other things, but, you know, you can always read that. But, But actually, I guess it depends on how you think about it in a deeper way. So you can think of depression as a disorder of energy. 
so not having the energy to do what you need. You can also think of it in the medical model as a disorder of the brain and having lacking certain neurotransmitters. Or you can think of it as a disorder of attention. So not actually um, being able to be present focused and having the mind constantly wandering into the past and ruminating or constantly trying to anticipate a future which tends to often be negative Mm. so it kind of depends on how you think about it now in psychology we have a very psychosocial model so we believe that there are probably some predisposing factors that have caused um, this or kind of made you more vulnerable to experience depression like maybe a critical family upbringing maybe you've internalized a pretty critical parent's voice and so you can kind of have a pretty um, a bit of self-criticism going on when, when things go wrong. Um, then there's also precipitating factors, so things that will trigger this. What is what has happened in your life that's triggered this right now? Um, and there's also maintaining factors. So what's maintaining your experience right now of depression? And so in psychology, we often think, okay, well, let's deal with the maintaining factors right away. This is kind of helpful language in in kind of recognizing that one of the most um, probably the common the most common maintaining factor in anxiety and depression, according to the research, is actually something called experiential avoidance. So, an avoidance of your internal experience of your world. So you don't want to think about. You don't want to kind of think about what's going on inside your mind and you don't really want to experience the emotions in your body. Right. So you do all sorts of things to distract from that. You might take that, drugs or is alcohol. Is like resistant pain or resistant, resistant something or avoidant? Um, yeah, it's definitely avoidance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's so a it's lot of no. avoidance. You can avoid stuff in your life or you, maybe it's avoiding your internal world. So this is probably one of the main factors that maintains people's experience of anxiety and depression because if you actually do the opposite, and I, I kind of have a, a strong passion for mindfulness, mm. and so I guess that's where, where that comes in from my perspective. Um, if you actually allow people to turn inward and actually look at what's going on for them, you know, what are they experiencing? What kind of emotions are coming up? Then, then often that's the beginning of being able to actually make some changes in your life because you're not avoiding it. Would you uh, link the speed of our society and the fact there's so many distractions to this rise in depression that's happening? Mm, Definitely, because I think what comes completely in um, partnership with that is disconnection. And we know that connection is the most fundamental, fundamental drive for (sighs) humans. Like connection is processed. I think there's a study that showed that social rejection is experienced exactly the same way in the brain as physical pain. So this means that the brain actually believes that social connection is just as important potentially as physical survival for our survival as a species. It's kind of interesting because people talk about how we've sort of lost the community aspect of our society um, Mm. from the fact that now we're so individualistic, we're not living in Mm. communities and tribes and even villages and we don't depend on each other. So like Mm. the reason why we don't go and connect with people and share things Mm. is because we don't need to. If someone doesn't pull their weight, we just go buy someone else. Um, yeah. And it's, yeah. it just, it like really excites me hearing you talk about connection. Mm-hmm. Because it's like, that's what I feel the internet is bringing the world back to. And yeah. it's catalyzing that to 
bring people back to their roots, I guess. Yeah, and you can use technology in a way that connects, but you can also use it in a way that disconnects. Well, there's, there's, I suppose there's a bit of an evolution of our species in the way we communicate with online because there's a, there's a non I heard this study the other day about how it's, if it's not face-to-face, you, there's a big removal in, um, in authentic I want to read your study <laughs> the language where you call it vibes or connection yeah. yeah it's needed in so many ways it's a really I love that point on connection as well like I reckon bringing that up is I mean that's true of me even it alleviates a lot of pain when you, when I was going through mm. depression to just be able to share what I'm going mm. through with someone um, it, 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 it's like bleeding your emotions or clearing your sh- chakras or whatever you, mm. however you want to call it. Yeah, and so, and so from a psych perspective, if, if it's psychosocial, if it's actually not just a medical thing, if it's not your brain, you know, dysfunctional, if it's actually a disorder of your life and, <laughs> um, and you actually kind of, I guess, feeling like you're not living your values, you're not having your wants and needs that you're actually getting in your life, then... You know, that's what I believe depression is is really a result of, is people kind of not living the life that they want. And so it's actually quite a useful thing to come up, you know, like to say, hey, stop, hang on a minute, this is not working for you. You need to stop and reassess your life because you're working way too hard or, you know, you haven't processed the grief that, you you know, that person that you lost that was really important to you or whatever it is. Um, and so for me, I think the most important thing, there's so many things that people can do, but the most important thing to is kind of acknowledge that maybe this experience is trying to tell you something and, and, and what is it that, what kind of small steps can you take in your day that's going to be in line with your values and that's going to actually create the life you really want to lead and be a part of. Do you think people that right. become more mindful or uh, the Buddhas, Buddhas like Buddhas, the Buddhas like to use mm-hmm. the word the Buddhas. awaken the Buddhas. Um, <laughs> the Buddhas. The Buddhas. Um, do you think people that like do start practicing mindfulness consume less? Can, can what, sorry? Can consume shrooms. <laughs> consume less. Just like, consume. I know, I, I've seen a link between the people I know that um, practice mindfulness a lot. Mm-hmm. They're kind of happy without going out and buying everything all the time. Oh, consume. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Totally, because you begin to experience this thing called non-attachment. Ah. So you start to realize that, that your life is full as it is, and you don't need stuff to kind of attach to to make yourself feel better. But I, I, that's the only that way I can feel inside. better. really good I like as I hear all these conversations going around I just feel really emotional Um, Mm. but I because I'm somebody with a really big heart you know Mm. like I wear my heart on my sleeves I want to talk about this stuff and and that is because I've been through it and so Mm. I know that that's what it brings up with me but I see so many people but I am as you talk I actually I can hear I hear this internal scream of of people mm. around the world, you know. I know it's slightly mm. dramatic, but it's like they're screaming, I want connection. Mm. But they don't know it's called that. They call it, mm. I want a challenge or I want to achieve or I want that mm. job and I, I want that car. And I know mm. that these are very broad um, assumptions, mm. but I think it's just as we're talking about it, like my passion for this subject you're just speaking to what I truly believe, and that is we mm. are, live in a disconnected society. Mm. And I'd like to think that this little posse that we're talking to right now, let alone mm-hmm. people who will listen to this, 
mm-hmm. that we're actually part of this, as Ryan puts it, a roadmap. How did you put it? A roadmap to the new... A roadmap to the new human story. Oh, I like that. It's because nice, isn't I think it? there's an evolving human story that's happening. Mm. Um, I'm going to give Al Jeffrey from Base credit for that because it's his idea. No, don't take it. You should have just uh, taken it. Just take it. Oh, yeah, no, no. Old Al. Oh, it might just be a sort of roadmap that no one listens to <laughs> and just speaking to a few mentals on anyway, the podcast. Yeah. But we're all mental and we're all mental together. But the, the idea that a lot of people like don't know they have these wants or needs to mm. what um, Maslow called self-actualize. Mm-hmm. Or they don't know how, or it's like if we do things mm-hmm. like podcasts like this, give people little, I don't like calling them tools or tips or tricks, because I feel like it's learning mm. through empathy and connecting to our stories. Something to relate to, maybe. Yeah, mm-hmm. but someone might listen to this and go, oh, mindfulness, I haven't thought about that before, but I really respect mm. Emily Polo. I'm going to give and it a the shot. Reason why I'm, she, <laughs> the a- reason why mindfulness is so powerful is because it doesn't only just help you connect to yourself and your internal world and see what's actually going on for you and what you want and what you're missing, but it also helps you connect better to the people around you and to your world. And so, you know, instead of being caught and distracted and being kind of half present in a conversation, you're fully looking into the eyes of that person and you're feeling that, you know, I think you get, they call it like a, a surge of like serotonin to your brain when you look into someone's eyes and actually connect mm-hmm. with them. That's the high that we want to experience every day. Jeremy, look at me. I know, I do that with my mirror every morning. We should uh, let you go, Emily. But I, I do want to um, ask you one more question. To mm-hmm. all those people who are screaming, mm. What's your message to them as a human, as mm. a psychologist, as a mindfulness coach, as yeah. a beautiful singer that I know that you are? Yeah, um, I guess my message would be, you know, actually ask for support. You know, like if you had a broken arm, you wouldn't try and fix it yourself. If your car engine breaks down, you wouldn't try and fix it yourself. Yes. You know, there's people around that have studied you know, about this stuff for years and years and years. And they're there, their jobs exist because you can't actually often come out of these things on your own. It just doesn't happen. So, um, I, so ask, for some, ask for some help. So ask for some help is a wonderful, helpful thing. See, boys, yeah. I'm telling you, this is helpful. Mm. However, mm. what's bloody cool about that? What's the end result? Like what's the reward after you start asking for help? Like what, what do you see change in a person? When they do that, well, I guess it's a courage thing. You know, you're actually becoming courageous. You're starting to take action in your life, which and is sexy. Often, often by the time people get into a, a psychologist's room, they actually have actually really shifted. You know, yeah. to the point where they're they're actually ready to do some work, mm. which is kind of exciting. Um, and we know that, you know, there's no need to feel hopeless. We know that exercise and social activity in particular is two things. If you combine them, they're just as powerful as antidepressants. Mm. Um, lots and lots of research shows that regular exercise and, you know, um, actual social support, making sure that even you just go for maybe contact one person every day, even if it's just talking to the person you get your coffee from, you know, that will eventually, in time, and it takes time, mm. it's not a quick fix, but eventually you'll start creating the life that you really want. Yeah. Can I just speak to that quickly? I, I, I feel like when you, your darkest days, you feel like you can't pull yourself or nor do you actually mm. want to. Like I remember mm. feeling like I don't really care. Like I don't really yeah. care about getting myself better. I don't really care about yeah. existing. Mm. Um, so so to, from that place, it's, it is 
I would, mm. you don't want to ask for help. You don't even care to ask for help. So I feel like if I had to look back on when I was in that space, I'd just mm. go, just speak to five-year-old you or, and mm. what would, what would, you know, like speak to yourself, a, a different version of yourself or an earlier version of yourself mm. and ask them, get them to lift you by the collar and pull you out. Hmm. Or, speak awesome. to, or just ask, ask the infinite space that we don't know where hmm. or whether, you know, like, I, I mean, faith. I call it faith. Just ask, like, I just ask God again and again, like, um, hmm. just asking. And I, yeah, like, so asking for help doesn't necessarily mean another person. It's, it's however you've. That's true. Yeah. Yeah, nice. <laughs> Emily Toner, you're a wonderful human Love you all. Very thankful <laughs> that we asked you to be helpful today. <laughs> cool. Nice to speak to you all. Have a, have a good rest of your chat. <laughs> hey, thanks, Sam. Lots of love. See you Bye. later. Bye. All right. I think I was talking to... How uh, good is she? She's great. Brilliant. I, was, I love... It's so much better coming from someone that actually knows what they're talking yes. about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. We try out yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey, uh, I know what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah, no, I was thinking the same about Emma as well. <laughs> um, no, I get and it. And No, no. So speaking about it. mindfulness just quickly, I'm going to take this down a weird path. I hope you guys are okay Love with it. Love it. So my biggest vulnerability in, I'd say, the last month is replacing negative feelings with Tinder. <laughs> so I came up with an idea right. the other day. Mindful Tinder. This is so good. Because yeah. I, was, yeah. I was like, if the Buddha had Tinder, that was my idea for a blog post. Never wrote it because I yeah. thought it was kind of wanky. <laughs> I was like, every time I'd get lonely, I'd pull it out subconsciously and I'd realize, I'm like, what am I doing? See, yeah. that I don't is, need this. That, do you, are you saying that this is unhealthy? That was unhealthy? Or are you saying that you... No, completely unhealthy. Yeah, okay. I'll so just I check it. No, I'm saying, oh, yeah, it was so useful. I just was <laughs> Sorry, I got confused people. just for a second. But you pulled out Tinder every time you started to feel a little bit of loneliness. And so Tinder started to feel that for you. Yeah, well, it feels a void. It's like it's... That connection you were looking for. Uh, yeah, it felt like... I need a babe. Yeah, it's like, oh, I'm feeling lonely now, but maybe yeah. if I swipe right for... Great. That's so honest. I think this is a good area as well because uh, Louis C.K. did a stand-up bit recently about how he doesn't. He was driving along and he start, a song came on and he started. There was no. It's comedic to it, but I just tell yeah. the narrative. Yeah. Um, the, a song came on that just made him feel sad, and he had the wisdom to just pull up and let himself cry and let it bleed out. He didn't know what it was, but it just it just had to. There's something to be said for not distracting yourself when you're feeling good, but allowing yourself to go through the cleansing of whatever you, it is. And I feel like from personal experience, I find that less painful accepting it and letting myself cry less painful than avoiding it or stopping it or shoving it down. Um, so that's a great example of what you're saying there, right, of that same thing, I think. Mm. I think it's so manly to cry. Manly? It's so manly. Uh, I reckon. <laughs> yeah. Okay, you know, when yeah. I was younger, I used to run workshops for the Reach Foundation. So I'm, I'm talking like over 300,000 young people I've worked with, right? Yeah. And so year after year, after year, after year, workshop after workshop, and I would say this one thing to the boys in the room. It would make you more of a man if you would cry. Yeah. Because the workshop sometimes got really emotional, mm. and then boom, all of a sudden, it would – it would speak to or it's okay to. So, mm. uh, yeah, I, I suppose anyway. it's what you, I, I like that. Not everyone has to agree with it. But well, I, I suppose it's what your perception of a man is for starts, but yeah. it's, I think it's empowering. So yeah, like it's, it's a, I, I don't have a problem. Well, what's it communicating? It's communicating, you know, I'm upset, but I'm not hiding it. 
This is me. It's true. I'm vulnerable. It's true. I'm sad. I'm it's not. It's pretty strong. Like it's stronger like, to do that than it is to hold it back. It, I think I, I don't, I don't, that doesn't get me excited when I see a, someone like holding it in and getting mm. it all together. Like, well, it doesn't, it's not real. Well, real, is it? Let's go. I want to go back to Tinder. All right. Quiz me. Tinder quiz. So, so you've stopped doing that now? Yeah, no, I, I deleted it. But every now and again, I get that like, that feeling of just, oh, but that's just, just a quick swipe, Ryan. Just a quick, just a quick one. <laughs> I don't do it. I'm not acting on it, but it's like that emotional, like. Um, it's emotional porn. Well, let's look, yeah. let's go back to what Em was saying. Like where um, I don't have her exact language, but what I got from her is we are disassociating ourselves from our emotion by creating, we're avoiding it, right? You started going into it, Jez, what you start to do to yourself. So we use things like drugs and alcohol, but we also use technology. Facebook, the news yeah. feed. Men, I can be like, I'm so tired. And then as I got into bed, I two hours later, I'm still going through my feed. And that's because underneath there is, I've got so much to do. I don't know if I'm going to be able to get it done at the time. And I think I've, I've really started to cotton on of just how addictive it is to avoid. So when you talk about Tinder, oh, man, that calls out because I got rid of it because for someone who's wanted her whole life to be loved, mm. all I want is that man or that intimacy in my bedroom. And instead we have like a little pod, uh, sorry, a little um, phone in front of us to try to find that. And don't get me wrong, I, I really understand the value of Tinder and how beautiful oh, it is. I've met some great people on exactly, there. Exactly, yeah. It's using it as a crutch. I'm not ragging on anyone who's doing it. It's actually more, God, that's such an interesting thing to bring to people's attention of, are you avoiding how you feel by using things like Tinder and you can just find, can you find that within you? How did you bloody change that? Oh, I just deleted it, but it was like, there's the, <laughs> there it is. I deleted it. <laughs> it's the, it's the mindlessness of it. It wasn't the fact that I was using it. I think it's a cool app. I've met heaps of girls, not heaps. <laughs> you know. Whoa, again, <laughs> back to I've, met- <laughs> I've met at least one person that I've really liked and enjoyed and have, you know what I mean? Like great people, but that happens like very, very like, not not often. Yeah. And it's that idea of doing it mindlessly that was the problem. Like, I, that's why I, when I was thinking of writing, like, about getting on Tinder, but swiping and just, like, empathizing with every single photo you swipe with. I, I think like, I did that at one stage. Don't do that. I'm warning everybody. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, it might not. And I might, just to bring it back to people that aren't single, it might not be Tinder. It might be Facebook. It might be Instagram. It might be TV. It might be... Anything. What do you use to distract yourself when you're feeling slightly bad? Because now the practice I do is when I get that feeling of, oh, I'm lonely, I sit down and I feel it. And then you'd notice after about four minutes, maybe not even, it fades. Yeah, and or asking or inquiring. Yeah, in, in self-acceptance as well. And But inquiring at where it's coming from, I think is important to do. That's why I like, find you guys so valuable in my life to be able to have a conversation and inquire and be mirrors for each other. Um, that's that's so important to do because otherwise you the distraction leaves leads to a fruitless existence in a lot of ways it does for me i was um thinking about the question i asked em about what's the reward of doing this stuff like i think we spend a lot of time telling people what's the solution and what are some of the options but like you go after what you want when you hear how awesome it is mm. And, you know, I have someone very, very close to me that last week I said, I'm coming to pick you up. 
because I know that they're incredibly depressed mm-hmm. and they've been um, put on antipsychotic medication. Um, they're only 23 years old. I'm going to come and get you because I know, I know what she's doing. She's hiding away from the world and she's been doing it for a very long time. Bless her. Um, and so I started getting really angry because I was like, I'm coming to get you. I'm not coming. This is all over Facebook. I'm not coming. Okay, well, that's nice, but I'm still coming over anyway. And then the, the messages started going back and forth. I am sleeping. Meanwhile, it was one thirty in the afternoon, you know, so I'm still thinking about what Em said, like, mm. you don't want to get up. You've got no energy. Mm. Um, mm. Uh, her thinking is, I said, why wouldn't you get up? I don't want to get up. What's the point? Um, and then her attention, you know, again, what I put out there is just on being asleep. Why would she wake up? So by the time we had the text message war, it was fury of leave me alone. And I was like, I'm not, I'm not doing that. Yeah. In my head, I was, I was like, okay, I really understand where you're coming from, but I'm still coming over. So I, turned, I said, just to let you know, I'm going to be over. You, you have a shower. Point is, I turned up to the door and she walks out of her bed to the front door and I give her the lunch that I brought and she decides to come with me. Hmm. And you think to yourself, I can't walk to everybody's door, can I? Mm. I can't send them a text message. So there's like this part of me and this humanity inside me that's like, oh, my God, what about all those people that doesn't ha- don't have oh, no. somebody walking to their door? I- yeah. I'm a little bit stuck about this. Like I get yeah. so upset. Yeah, I know. I, f- I feel exactly what you're saying. Like I remember I feel that. Like I, I think it's – to her, that's a little miracle or a big shine of God or love or whatever you want to call it. You doing that and that persistence, mm. I found, like, I remember this one point where I was on a family holiday down at the beach and I was in the like the dark depths of it, um, walking out. It was a really stormy night and I just, it was like about 1am in the night, everyone had gone to bed. Um, all my family were in the houses, like, and I just went out to the beach and started walking towards the ocean. Like, I didn't really care if I walked into it and 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 just died because it, it, it there's a storm everywhere it was just it was like this it was like the I was so curious by the darkness of it all the literal darkness but also the the chaos and the mess and the and the and then um as I was getting closer and closer to the water I don't know if I would have or not but my little sister comes running over the dunes shouting out um just and it just like it was just melted me um because i didn't ask for it or i didn't um expect it I, she didn't have a clue where i was like it felt like a little just a moment of love. um just pure love and like as a metaphor i felt like god reaching down like tapping me on the shoulder like you've had enough time down in hell <laughs> i'm pulling me out and that's a really good point it's- you've had enough down in hell it's um interesting because the only perspective I've had with depression is my ex, I don't like saying partner, ex-girlfriend had it mm-hmm. um, all together for two years. And it was interesting seeing how just that constant me being like, no, you, you're, I value you, people value you, you're lovable. And that repetition and how, how much that can help someone grow, oh, even absolutely. when they're saying like, it's so much easier not to have friends um, because then I don't have to feel like people care about me and all that stuff. And it's just so much, um, and she doesn't mind us talking about it. Uh, either I asked her before I came on because yeah. she's like, "No, talk about it. It disarms it and Again. gets people to speak." Mm. So thank you. Um, mm. But it's it's great having, and if you're someone that does know someone with depression, just stick in with them. 
Just yeah, stay around. Time. Checking in is a good one. I've got this um, metaphor that I imagine that there's this, I don't even know if it's a metaphor. Imagine a big glunk of ink, right? Tar. It's just like slapped yeah, over yeah. the top of somebody. I think I've described this before. Yeah. And I've worked with, again, thousands through coaching, workshops, you know, one-on-one. So I've seen an array, even observing other people, working with people on that human potential aspect. But I have this imagery of all the people I've worked with who come into the rooms with me and they're covered in ink and tar. And it's this ink and tar that's just their thoughts of, like mm. you said, mm. you, you're you in a darkness. Mm. And sometimes I feel like if you can just, you know, tar starts to dry the more that you leave it out in the air. So I have this imagery that you just need to crack open that tar for somebody. And when you crack that open, generally the crack reveals their absolute light and their true nature, because that's what I think about. Why did I walk into that room and not give up on her? Because she has a negative pattern that she believes about herself, a thought, a belief that's been put there through without her even knowing, without being maybe unaware of it. And maybe she's so aware of it that it's become even worse because what you focus on becomes your reality. But I look at her identity, your identity. And so, oh God, we all know that bit it becomes who you are. I mean, (laughs) it turns into your career, but anyway, that's another story for another time. You keep cracking at it and it allows the person to really be seen and, in who they truly are. And that's what I like when I'm talking to people. Don't It's like, I know you believe that about yourself. I can see it, but I don't because it's not real. It's not true what your thoughts are saying to you. Your thoughts, your mind is mastering you, right? Mm. This is what I kept learning to my, about myself. I'm not good enough. Well, that's what's great mm. about the Collective Potential workshops <laughs> is it, it, it's a physical space for people to oh, go man. and be authentic and let out these emotions and to strangers you might not even know just connecting as two humans people you might not know them before and then I've been to a workshop where someone told me that they're worried about their partner that had depression and they opened up and they're like oh I haven't spoken to anyone about this Mm. but that's kind of what we're trying to do with the podcast is to create an authentic and honest space to make this normalized to make this mainstream to make speaking and being yourself like you you hear us here we're all being ourselves (laughs) you know we're not yeah, I love that. Pretending. I, I want to speak to what M said is like, I reckon that's, I mean, what you said about M's workshops, the Clay's Potential workshops are just, there's nothing else like them. The, the, Thanks, the, the feeling, your <laughs> ability to facilitate an environment and do that tar analogy you just said on someone is incredible to watch and witness and be involved in and, and see. Um, and, and, I, and I do hope that, that that same thing works on this podcast. Yeah, and even if you're someone that doesn't, well, probably if you listen to this podcast, you probably are someone that likes the workshops. But <laughs> let's say you're a big manly man, go to a men's shed, or you know, go somewhere where you can hang out with other people and connect and chat. You know what I mean? Yeah. <clears throat> you know, the reality is not everyone's going to respond to like you are lucky when you find someone that can you can be your true self and honest with. Um, yeah, you don't have to go to a workshop. No, yeah, this action of um, of living your true nature or you're believing in yourself or knowing yourself can be done just by listening to something, reading a book in an act of kindness. Every day your actions speak louder than words, right? Mm. Um, mm. It's integrity. What do I have to do today to, to, to do what I love? Get up for work. Oh, be proud of that. Mm. Right. Love it. I'd just like to share Viktor Frankl's ideas because I really like when I was with my 
ex-girlfriend, like these ideas that he gave me were one of like the, I guess it gave me the energy boost to keep going and keep, you know, doing my best. Um, and Victor Frankl was a Jewish psychologist and he was imprisoned in the concentration camps. Um, but what he did is he used that experience of being in the concentration camps as, um, a place to experiment, uh, and explore human suffering because what is a concentration camp? It's probably the most condensed place of human suffering. Um, and one of the quotes he said was, um, uh, we who lived in the concentration camps can remember the men who walked through the huts, comforting others, giving away their last piece of bread. They may have been few in number, but they offer sufficient proof that everything can be taken away from a man but one thing, the last of the human freedoms, to choose one's attitude in any set of circumstances, to choose one's own way. And it's that idea that, Incredible. you know, you might be unlucky and have a crappy family um, or, you know, bad high school environment. Um, but you can, you still have that choice to go, no, I'm not going to settle for this. I love that, man. I love that because there's no excuses, but, um, bloody hell, what a hero in that environment. Read his book, Man's Search for Meaning. It's just like, it's one of those books that you'll read every single page with a highlighter and you just highlight him. I've got another one. Um, those... Just highlight that old book. Oh, you whole end book. up just highlighting the pieces that you're not interested in. Or you can get the audio book at audio.com. <laughs> audio.com? <laughs> That's for people like me. Yeah, well, audio books are great too. But yeah, that was a beautiful mm. conversation. I think it's wrapping up. Unless you guys have anything else to share yeah. that you can think and we're getting a bit a bit low from well, the... it is, it's a hard one to talk about. Like I wow. honestly thought the vibes of this one would be more energized and passionate, but it, it's it's sobering for some, like I find it sobering to discuss. Um because the, you're right, there is no one solution to it and and it is complicated and there's it's it's a sad situation. It's a sad disease. But well, can I come back to the quote that I said at the start? The cave you fear to enter holds the treasure you seek. Now this is where I get my geek on, right? Geek on. Geek on, right? Geek on. <laughs> I just did it. Oh, anyway, point <laughs> is. <laughs> did what? I, you know, geeked yeah. on because yeah, yeah, I got yeah. excited. Anyway, I think the journey of self-discovery the when you go down into that dark place and come back out of it, that is the meaning of life. Right. There she said it. Yeah. It is the most <laughs> <laughs> it is no, no, the most right. exciting and yeah. thrilling thing to overcome and accomplish parts of yourself and be I think what that is is pride, right? Yeah. Not not in a um you can go too far and be like, oh I'm I'm so good at this. But there is genuinely such a like that's why I want that right. that tar to be cracked open because people say to me, you look amazing, Emily. And I go, oh, thank you. That's really nice of you. And normally, you know, they're saying it because I lost all this weight, right? But they're actually seeing my glow. They're seeing a glow in me, which is I really like who I am. I'm really present with the moment and I really like what I'm doing. Now, for somebody who never used to think that, I get even more of a hit and the serotonin is, starts rolling off right. that way, the oxytocin, whatever, the dopamine's going down, <laughs> all the neuroscience. I'm full of drugs, man. It's such a high. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's natural. And I just think that that's another part of why we're talking about depression because if we're talking about a roadmap of the new human. It's actually, 
yeah, be be aware of depression, but do not also let yourself become part of the label right. because it's there to educate us and teach us just like signs and um, uh, caution signs are there and risk adverse stuff. It's mm. just to teach us and that mm. you go into the cave is actually what, you know, it lights me up. It's why I run workshops. It's why we're even sitting in this room. It's cool, man. Yeah. You know, is. this is the coolest shit is watching people flow and do their thing. And so I just want to say that yeah. how many people who are listening to this, it's like, don't you understand you're a miracle? Yes. Do you get it? You are walking around. You are listening to the iPod. You are seeing a million things at once. Like this is the other side of things too is I'm not being a hippie here. This is just the cause and effect of depression is also to truly teach you to live. Oh, babe, I think you're fucking (laughs) well played. I had to say it. I love it. I'm so glad you said all that stuff. I I reckon like I'd speak to anyone that's got depression right now as – if you come through it, it will be the proudest thing you you. I and personally, I've never been proud of any achievement than coming through getting through depression, and I've never learned more about myself. I've never felt stronger on my feet through having come, gone through it. Like so, I, I love what you're saying. I love I love Great. the lesson that it is. There's, and um, Jeremy shines too. He does. We all shine. <laughs> um, uh, there's a really good TED talk on that actually by Andrew Solomon, who's written some books on anxiety and depression, and he says. That when you come when you come out of that and you make that a part of your identity is the story when we talk about you know your own narrative and your story um, is that it becomes part of your identity as being someone that overcomes things and then when you're an overcomer you're an overcomer for life which is how you can treat this it's like it's bad now but once cool. I overcome that mm. um, and this is the other quick thing is when you're talking about um, the highs and the lows is what Alan Watts talks about it's a big part of like these. Most spiritual religions talk about this. It's if like, you haven't, look him up, Alan oh, Watts. Oh, he's the boss. It's oh. the best. If you imagine a wave, like imagine a sound wave, yeah. you do not have the valleys. I meant the peaks without the valleys mm. or the troughs. Mm. It's all one thing. So you need both mm. of those. Have you ever been um, surfing? Uh, I'm not a very good surfer. Yeah. Um, I've been on the waves. Do you try to control the wave? No, you ride that wave. Sailing's my favourite analogy for like Mm. getting yourself in the sweet spot, getting all your getting all your instruments lined up with the natural forces, and then just talk about yourself in the bedroom. (laughs) No, no, I am actually. That's that's definitely the same analogy. We'll come up to that. We'll come. (laughs) change the subject. No, no, but that's beautiful. I'm glad you brought it back there. It's so true. It's that's that's one thing. Those those authentic realizations that it is all a miracle. It's a wonder. Like. And and also realizing that you've only got one life. We'd known that much for a fact. We, I mean, we don't know what what transcends after. But um, I'm pretty like one thing we do know is that we do die. <laughs> so like, really thinking about like this is only one chance. I may as well like if I was if dying's an option, I may as well look at the other option, which is life. And bloody hell, it's a it's a ball of glowing, mm. awesome wonder and miracles because it is a miracle. Like we don't, we, there's so much things we don't understand. We have no idea. And we never will gather, fathom it all. So keep being curious, keep wondering, keep inquiring, keep opening yourself up. Cause stay open, say like. And you're allowed. Yeah. So Give I, yourself permission. I, I just Googled the chance of being alive. Yeah. Uh, and it says here, yeah, there's lots of numbers, but the, probati- <laughs> the probability of you existing at all comes to one in a lot of, it's like 102, 685 million. Crazy, and, man. But followed by the power of 10. 
So they it's can, a lot. So they conclude that the odds of you being alive are basically zero. So remember that. <laughs> Amazing, man. No, I'm and confused that's just, by that. <laughs> I'm confused by that because numbers scare me. But <laughs> but it's so true. Like <laughs> To everyone else there that understands numbers, they're like, ooh, okay, all right, good point. Wonderful. <laughs> beautiful. Life is beautiful. Mm-hmm. You guys are beautiful. Thanks, man. <laughs>